And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, and we're going to go over something that happened last week because I don't feel like we dug deep into it enough. It was one of those things that happened on a Friday. It was the weekend of the conference basketball tournaments. It was a weekend of selection Sunday. The you had NFL free agency starting up again. So the, the news cycle sort of washed it out. But this was a story that had the potential to be massive. And it's one of those weird deals where the people are kind of lucky it leaked because it kept them from making a massive mistake. And of course, I'm talking about Nebraska attempting to get out of its game at Oklahoma this year. We bring on the Athletics Nebraska beat writer, Mitch, Mitch Sherman. I mean, Mitch, you covered this. You saw the same tweet I did from Brett McMurphy on Friday morning, and you started digging into this thing. What's going through your mind when you see that, and then when you start talking to people? Yeah, first of all, it was really a surprise. And that's not usually the way that things work around Nebraska. Generally, when there's a bubbling news story, you've heard, I've heard, other reporters have heard, caught wind of this under the surface for quite some time. So credit to Brett first, for sure, for digging this out. And, um, you know, I was immediately stunned. This is not the kind of thing that you expect to hear a game on the books this year, a marquee game against an opponent that Nebraska has sought to play for a decade now, since its departure from the big 12, this game was scheduled by Tom Osborne and Joe Castiglione back in 2012 to coincide with the 50 year anniversary of the game of the century, which was played in 1971, a 35, 31 Nebraska win in Norman a, a Still, much better much better game of the century by the way than the 2011 Alabama LSU 9-6 overtime game like that <laughs> that game of the century the Oklahoma Nebraska one delivered in every possible way right still the most historic memorable important game in Nebraska football history that that game was and this was to coincide with that on the anniversary as the start of a home and home with the Sooners who will come to Lincoln in 2022 and then play another home and home at the end of the decade. So really a revival of sorts of the most important, the biggest, most significant rivalry in Nebraska football history. And, you know, all kinds of things are being planned this offseason to get ready for that game on September 18th in Norman. Uh, so to hear that Nebraska is considering nixing the thing, which would essentially nix the entire home and home, uh, the Sooners aren't coming to Lincoln, as you pointed out in what you wrote on Friday night. If Nebraska doesn't go to Norman this year, it was unthinkable. It was just completely bizarre to to even to even ponder that. So, yeah, I started to dig in on how this came about and quickly realized, yes, Brett's report is accurate. Nebraska is looking into this. And we heard from OU. And, and then six hours later, we heard from Nebraska that never mind we're going to play the game. 
Because they got so shamed shamed into it. But yeah, I, I texted some people at, at OU. I texted some people at schools that I'd heard. So down the line, because I, I think, you know, Brett obviously won't be revealing his sources at any point. But but if I had to guess what happened, when you have a scheduling situation, especially one where you might lose a game this close to the season, down the line, there are going to be some really ticked off schools. And it sounds like Nebraska reached out to, to several schools. It sounds like they reached out to some schools in the MAC. I, I know for a fact they reached out to Old Dominion because there was a down-the-line game that that would have affected had Old Dominion gone to Lincoln, and they were very worried about that down-the-line yep. game. So not Old Dominion, but the you know opponents down the line. So or or getting you know opponents in games down the line. So it's it's one of those things where. It freaked out a bunch of people, and I'm guessing one of the freaked out people tipped Brett off because that's that's how these things usually work. And it makes me wonder, do the people at Nebraska not realize that that's going to get out? Because it is such a sensitive subject. There's a reason they schedule these things 9, 10, a million years in advance. Yeah, it just speaks to, I think, uh, a level of not thinking it through on Nebraska's part, not thinking it through that it was going to leak out in the, in the process that you just described and also not thinking it through this. And this is more important, not thinking it through and how it would impact the Huskers themselves and, the, and their fan base. The reaction was visceral on Friday. And, and universal intense. too. Like it was not, it was not, Oh, okay. I buy their reason that they're giving that they wanted to add an extra home game to help the businesses in town. Nobody bought it. They were just right. mad. And think about how short-sighted that is. Look, we, we all understand and are sensitive to the massive loss that businesses in college towns all across the country have suffered in the past year because of this pandemic. And in the Big Ten, it was magnified because there were no fans allowed in stadiums in comparison to places like the SEC. So Lincoln was a ghost town, even when the Huskers were home for those three dates in the fall of 2021. They had or 2020. They had a game canceled against Wisconsin, and then the uh, the finale in the Champions Week was Nebraska was set on the road. So the eight games Nebraska played, five were on the road. It was imbalanced. And the games that were at home, the economy didn't get its boost. So, so I understand the need to do whatever you can this fall to try to make up for some of that loss. But let's be real. One home game is not going to turn around the economy. And Nebraska, its explanation at three in the afternoon was that, hey, we're trying to add a home home game or we were looking at the possibility of adding an eighth home game in 2021 to help the bottom line, to help the, the, the university employees who suffered furloughs and, and other losses in the last year and to help that those local businesses in downtown Lincoln, who in some cases make their entire year off those seven home home games that Nebraska plays and fills up Memorial stadium. Look, you you would be suffering a, a a setback if you're Nebraska and you do this just a year later down the road because Oklahoma's right. not coming to Lincoln in 2022 and that potentially or, or or it is going to be a huge day for those Nebraska businesses in the economy in Lincoln when the Sooners the big mighty Oklahoma Sooners come to town and 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 play you in Memorial Stadium if you replace that game with South Dakota State. I'm sorry, um, it's going to be a lot less cash in the pockets of your business owners uh, in, in September of 2022. Yes, and we need to protect Lead Belly. 
And we need to protect Honest Abe's. We need to protect <laughs> sure. these places. Fat Jack's Barbecue. All the, There's some really good places in Lincoln. And, and I understand that, too. I live in a college town that's even smaller than Lincoln. So if you lose those dates, there's a lot of businesses that, that get hurt. But as you pointed out, it doesn't necessarily help. And, and there's some things that I think would have happened had they pulled out of this. And that's the thing. The visceral reaction from the Nebraska fans was just anger. From you know, on the outside, for for somebody who didn't have a stake in this, who's not a Nebraska fan, it just made me sad because yeah. I can't like the kid in me who grew up watching Nebraska be awesome. I, I wrote this in the column when I was in high school. We had a, a chart on our weight room wall of what the Nebraska starting offensive linemen squatted and benched, and every day I would go look at that and say, "Well, can I?" Can I do that? Can I can I get close to them at some point? Will I ever be able to be that strong? And like they were the the ideal. And to think that they would duck a game, like it just it blew my mind. Yeah. And what part of what part of what makes this so puzzling and just so confounding is that those guys, those linemen, were blocking for Scott Frost in nineteen ninety six and nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. He was their quarterback. So he understands, of course, he understands what is is at stake. He understands, he knows the fabric of Nebraska football. He's part of it. And he's talked a big game since his return in, in December of 2017. Did he, did he say they play on the, the moon? Need. Yeah. He said they'd play in Uzbekistan. Last oh, Uzbekistan. Year when, okay, there you go. <laughs> when the Big Ten was, 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 dragging its feet on uh, on of course eventually reinstating the season and we remember that mess that doesn't need to be relitigated here but yeah nebraska was leading the drive to to play wherever and whomever and here we are 6 months later and you don't want to go to OU in a in a marquee game it's yeah it's um it's it goes down as just one of the craziest stupidest episodes in Nebraska football history and you know as we've seen over the past couple of decades Nebraska hasn't been short on bizarre moments but this one stacks right up there um, it's just so weird especially that it involved Frost if this had happened four years ago a similar situation with Sean <laughs> Eichhorst yeah Sean Eichhorst or Mike Riley yeah. that people are like oh right. I see you just don't appreciate this but it's right. funny because I'm not sure Mike Riley Alabama graduate bear bryant player I, i'm not sure mike riley would have done that well mike riley and sean eichhorst did something somewhat similar on a lesser level and it led directly to eichhorst firing in 2017 oh, northern they illinois the <laughs> they pulled the plug on black friday right before that that's northern right illinois game hours before the northern illinois game sean eichhorst in working with the big 10 in iowa to set up future schedules pulled the plug on Black Friday, another tradition at Nebraska that goes back to the Big 8 and the Big 12 and playing Colorado on the day after Thanksgiving. Nebraska has, of course, replaced that game with Iowa here in the past decade. And and, and Eichhorst thought, with along with Riley, that that wasn't necessary. And the schedule was set here right now for Nebraska to move and play Minnesota on Black Friday. Um, things have been restored because one, the pandemic, and then the reshuffling of the schedule for this fall. So Nebraska is playing Iowa, didn't have an, a, a disruption in, in the Black Friday schedule. But when that was announced back in 17, it was, it was out, up 
outrage, uproar from Nebraska fans. How dare you take away Black Friday, our prized tradition, from this fan base? And a week later, after a loss to Northern Illinois, no less, Sean Eichhorst was gone. He was fired. So this rises to a level, the, 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 just the, the, this is this is different to take well, the OU series away. It's worse than what right. they did with Black Cause, Friday because Black Friday you're still playing Iowa. You're just playing them on mm-hmm. a different day. That's mm-hmm. that's not ducking them. That's messing with the calendar, which is as an athletic director should understand. People don't like that unless and they were outsiders, they, <laughs> right? Were, you know, Mike Riley had no connection yep. to Nebraska two years before that happened, but uh, Scott Frost has lived his entire life period. And he certainly well, should know better. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, I, I got responses to my column. I, I'm sure Scott Frost didn't know. I'm sure he did. I'm sure Scott yeah. Frost knew. I'm sure Bill of Moose, course. the athletic director knew. I'm sure this was run by the chancellor. These, you don't make that sort of decision just on your own. There's no one, no one of those people makes that decision on their own. Not when it's this significant. If you're trying to move the Buffalo game. Okay. You know, that can be a one or two man, you know, at the highest level. I don't know. I agree with you on the chancellor. The chancellor is going to know if you're if you're looking to move Oklahoma, though, the the, the all important Oklahoma series. If it's a smaller game for whatever reason, OK, the AD, the head coach, they're going to be involved, but it's not going to go all the way up the ladder necessarily. This one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I received some of the same responses that. It's all on Bill Moose. Uh, you know, somebody somebody told me last weekend that they would never uh, set foot inside Pinnacle Bank Arena, the the basketball venue, until Boom, Bill Moose was was sent packing. And I was I was like, well, why is that? And because oh, so because I put this he, evil you know, on Fred Hoiberg, yeah, right? He could because <laughs> Bill Moose dared to to go behind Scott Frost's back and do this to with the OU. It's like no, that's that's not how this went. Scott Frost was was involved in this unquestionably. Uh, you don't make this kind of a of a change potentially, or or look at this kind of a change to the schedule without the head coach being right there, front and center. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm so glad they didn't go through with it because I think if they had, I, I, like you said earlier, I don't think they thought it through because they don't understand what message that sends to the world because the message that sends to the rest of the, the, the country is Nebraska is essentially, and I think you wrote this in your story, waving the white flag in terms of being a nationally competitive football program. It, that, it, that's an admission. And I'm not sure 
maybe the Nebraska administration wants to make that admission. I guarantee you the players don't. And I guarantee you the fan base does not. No, and, and, if, and, and Nebraska does not. Scott Frost does not. I, I don't think that they considered the ramifications. I think in all of the, in all of the considerations about why Nebraska would look at this, and let's be clear, um, the, the financial and economic implications aside, if Nebraska was a top 10 program right now, and was headed toward this epic clash, you know, game of the year in Norman next year, there would have been no consideration, no attempt at all. Part of this, if not all of this, had to do with the fact that Nebraska is struggling and Nebraska has a tough schedule. I mean, let's face it, Nebraska has to play Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin. It opens at Illinois in the the debut of the Brett Bielema era, which is not a cakewalk. It plays Buffalo, which is a, a, a strong um, group of five program next season. So there are challenges on the schedule. It's going to be difficult for Nebraska to get over the hump after five losing seasons in the last six years and get to bowl eligibility in 2021, which is so important to Scott Frost and his ability to rebuild this, this program. They need to start making progress. It's year four. So, um, yeah, this is this is really big what's happening at Nebraska next next season um and you you know you you want to start 3 and 0 you want to win that Illinois game beat buffalo and then you and then you go to Oklahoma so it it looms as as a a big a big tripping point on the schedule uh before the Big 10 season kicks in but you know you got to play the game you just have to play yeah. the game there is no there is no um there is no alternative and and if you get embarrassed you get embarrassed. It's it's part of the deal. I I think back to when Miami had the uh, the NCA sanctions, and they went and played Florida State and got beat forty seven to nothing. And that's a non conference game at the time. Miami's in the Big East. Florida State's in the ACC. That they, they could have ducked it because they were in you know NCA purgatory, but they played mm-hmm. it and they got their asses kicked. And four years later, Ed Reed, who was a freshman on that team, is screaming at his teammates at halftime 47 to nothing 47 I'm hurt dog and and Miami of course wins that game and and goes on wins a national title um but it's just yeah and this in this Nebraska those things team in those things can matter yeah. you can build on that stuff no matter what playing good teams you can build on yeah and I don't think this Nebraska team in 2021 is necessarily uh, in this, in a similar spot to what Miami no, was. Oh, this is a way better team than that team was. Yeah, this is a team that returns nine starters on defense. This is a team that has been close but hasn't been able to get over the hump. This is a team that has shown progress despite what the record indicates. You know, a, a team that has played a ton and lost a ton of close games uh, un, under Scott Frost. They're not, uh, you know, under a rock here. Uh, years and years and years away from being able to break through and, and get back to the postseason. We're not talking about Nebraska bidding to win a Big Ten championship or, or be in the college football playoff in 2021. What it needs to do to show progress, to, 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 to light that fire again in Lincoln is just win six or seven games. And you can do that with Oklahoma on, on the schedule, uh, undoubtedly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is an Oklahoma team that lost to Kansas State and Iowa State last year. Nebraska's not scheduled to go to Tuscaloosa 
on September 18th. I get that it's a very good team and Spencer Rattler is coming back and you know what he's going to be in, in Lincoln Riley's system, but Nebraska should go into Norman and expect to be competitive and try to get it to the fourth quarter and think that it can win uh, in, 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 in September, let alone six months out in March. Well, and Nebraska plays Ohio State. Like, from an athletic standpoint, from a, a talent standpoint, they've seen this level of talent. They, they know what it looks like. They know how fast they are. And, and look, they may not win the game, but if they put up a good fight, if they do win the game, it's a massive boost for the program. And ducking the game only would have hurt. And I, I saw Tom Chattel in the Omaha World Herald suggested something, and I hadn't thought about this, but, but it is interesting. If they had ducked it, whatever game they'd replaced it with, whatever home game, would the fans have broken the sellout streak just to make a point? Well, po it's possible uh, because generally in a game like that, in a buy game, you're going to have tickets that are returned by the opponent. And then it's up to the Nebraska fans and businesses around Lincoln to, to buy those tickets and keep the stadium full. Um, with the, the season ticket base is not going to change, obviously, for, for the eighth game. And that fills up the majority of the stadium. So if you do well with season ticket renewals, you're not going to have a hard time necessarily in most cases getting to a sellout, even if tickets are returned. But yeah, if Old Dominion or uh, Akron is coming into Lincoln on September 18th and there's 2,500 tickets that are available come August, I think Nebraska might have had a hard time. And part of it, as you said, may have just been a statement. Like, we don't, <laughs> we would rather watch you be playing in Norman on this day than come to Memorial Stadium to see Old Dominion and nothing against Old Dominion. Um, heck, if, if old, imagine this. Imagine if that, if that opponent that came into Lincoln in much the same fashion that Troy did in mm -hmm. 2018 and Northern Illinois did in 2017. I was about to say the same thing. Victory. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, that would be, whoa. Oof, I don't, I think that's, that's, that's the point where it's, it's unsalvageable what you have just done. Oh, that's, so, that's scorched earth. That would be scorched earth at that point. And it, I just, I can't even imagine it. Yeah. So go play in Norman, do the best you can. Now let, let's talk about this, Mitch, because this is something that I think people on the outside get confused because I, I think people throughout the country assume that everybody in Nebraska believes that they can go back to being as dominant as they were in the eighties and nineties. And I don't get that sense from Nebraska fans that I interact with. And when I go there, it, it seems like they understand all the circumstances that have, that have put them here. But mm -hmm. what is a realistic expectation for Nebraska? Not, not necessarily what this particular team can do, but let's say Nebraska is doing the best it can. Uh, they've got a good coach. You know, they're, they're hitting close to their ceiling. Where do you think that is? What do you think that Nebraska program would look like? Beat Minnesota, beat Iowa most of the time, half the time, be competitive with Wisconsin, beat Wisconsin, win the Big Ten West every few years, have a shot to put yourself in position to win the school's first conference championship since 1999. It's not about the college football playoff. It's not about winning 11, 12 games a year. It's about getting to a bowl game every year, winning eight, nine games. Having those special seasons like Iowa did in 2015. Yeah. Like Wisconsin has shown the ability so, to do playing a Rose yeah. Bowl. That's Wisconsin, all. Wisconsin, North Championships. It's not about Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Iowa. Those would be kind of yeah. the, the model there. 
for sure. It's that's that's the Big Ten West for all the you know, and I, I don't I don't hear it as much anymore. I, d- I did a few years ago some mockery of the Big Ten West. You know, it's one of the weakest divisions in the Power Five. It's it's not anymore. What it is? No, it's much it's better balanced. now. Yeah, yeah, it's balanced and competitive, and it's tough week in and week out to have to play. You know, Minnesota. Um, which is, is not in any way a pushover at this point. And then, and then go to Northwestern and then you play Wisconsin and, and Purdue is tricky. So it's, um, yeah, it's a grind for sure. When you throw, especially throwing in those crossover games. So yeah, Nebraska's not, uh, not, doesn't have dreams of, of being undefeated or expectations of being undefeated in the big 10, like it did every year in the big eight and big 12. It just wants to be competitive and be respected respected around the league and around the country and have a chance to, uh, you know, go play on new year's day every once in a while. So I went on the radio in Omaha on Monday and they were asking me, is Scott Frost in trouble? Is he on the hot seat? And I said, well, if he was just some guy who went to school at Arizona or at West Virginia, then maybe he'd been fired already or maybe he'd be entering this season in trouble. I think probably because of the COVID stuff, they don't fire anybody after last season, but Mm -hmm. he would enter this season in danger but because he's Scott Frost, I think that, that changes the math on all of this. So I feel like he's got some cushion. Doesn't need to do something like that. No, he doesn't. I think this chips away at the veneer a little bit more than even a, a, a bad loss at OU would have done in the fall. This is going to be remembered for a while. This is a, a stain on um, on his time at Nebraska, On more so on the program in general that it would – it would go to this point to consider what it did uh, here over the past few weeks, however long this has been in the works. But yeah, he's he's safe. He can't afford a disastrous season in 2021. He uh, needs to continue to, to show progress. They, they've got to win some games. They've got to get it to the point where they're back in the postseason. But even no matter what happens next season short of like a two and and 10 finish he's going to get the year beyond that nebraska is investing in a 150 plus million dollar facility that he drew up for his team his roster his philosophy they're expecting to break ground on this thing well it would have been a year ago but uh the pandemic pushed that back now it's going to be likely this spring or summer. So they're not going to pull the plug on Scott as that thing starts to rise out of the ground. Uh, it's, it's, it's his for a while. He's got another five years left on or six years left on, on this contract uh, through 2026. It was a seven year deal to begin with. And it was re-upped for an additional two years before the Ohio state game in, in 2019. So, yeah, he didn't need to do this. Nebraska fans, by and large, still believe in him, even if they don't believe in in what happened last week. And um, because he's Scott Frost, he has a you know more equity built up with uh, with the state of Nebraska and Nebraska fans than any of the previous three or four coaches who uh, who preceded him. So let's talk about the team that that they will put on the field this year. Because you mentioned they bring back a ton on defense. I think offensively, they do have Adrian Martinez back, fourth-year starting quarterback. The concern is what they've lost to the transfer portal. Uh, Wondell Robinson 
goes home to Kentucky. Uh, you know, McCaffrey leaves and goes to Louisville. But what can we expect them to look like? A team that goes against what I think people have come to expect from Scott Frost going back to his time as a play caller at Oregon and through the UCF uh, period. His, his teams are, are predicated on offensive efficiency and fast pace, and he's tried to do that and has done it with success at times in his three years at Nebraska. This is a team that is going to have to be led by its defense. The defense is old and experienced and has guys who have, have had success in, in the Big Ten. They showed tangible progress, significant progress, last year in a lot of different ways defensively. And that's the strength of this team, no doubt, especially early in the season when Nebraska is trying to break in a ton of young players around Adrian Martinez on the offensive side. There's talent and more depth than what Nebraska has had at receiver and running back, but it is untested, especially at this level. Transfers have come in at both positions, but we'll see. You know, they've let they left other schools for reasons and um, it's not a slam dunk that guys who are untested in Nebraska can walk in at those skill spots and fill the role that we've expect we've come to expect from a Scott Frost, uh, you know, like the Chip Kelly brand of offense. So they're going to have to do it with defense, and they're going to have to be better on special teams. And if they can execute in that way and get themselves geared in that direction as a team and as a program between now and the end of August when they go to Champaign then this can be a team that looks more like those others in the Big Ten West and wins with fundamental play, shortening the game a bit. And as the season goes on and Nebraska gets into the teeth of its, of its schedule in October, if things are going right, then it's going to be a team that matures on offense. And Nebraska has the talent to compete with all of those programs in the Big Ten West. We've seen it the last couple of years. It isn't like 2017 or 2018 where Iowa and Wisconsin had this giant edge over Nebraska in the personnel on the field. Nebraska is big and strong and has some speed and, and talent and can go toe-to-toe with those programs. What's cost it over the last couple of years has been errors on special teams, big-time issues with turnovers, just like the opposite of being clutch in the, in the right moments. So if this could be a team that does it with defense and improves on special teams, then uh, it, has the, it has the skill and the talent to get where Scott Frost wants and needs Nebraska to be next season, and that's uh, competing for, for a chance to uh, be at or near the top of the division. And, uh, and certainly not have to worry about uh, sitting home in December again. The good news, Mitch, is I don't think we are going to jinx Nebraska by choosing them to pick or by picking them to, to win the Big Ten West like we did in 2019. That one, that one always blew my mind Won't because be I, was, I was not one of the people who was, was saying that and, and didn't understand why anybody else was because there was no – there was no proof other than playing Iowa tough at the end of the, the 2018 season. It wasn't anything that, that said this is going to happen. So I, I, I do think that a lot of this with Nebraska has been because Scott Frost is coming off an undefeated season, because we just expected all of these things to just magically happen, people get frustrated and, and, and 
you know, the expectations get high and then they get crushed and they keep going through this cycle. I wonder when people will just have the right expectations from the get-go and let this team figure itself out. Yeah, I think we're kind of there. I think even in Nebraska, there's not an expectation that Nebraska is going, you know, we talked about this earlier, not an expectation to win the Big Ten West every year. You want to be competitive. And and yeah, things were out of whack in 2019 in Frost's second year. And I think that was in large part because of the way the second half of the season went in 18. Nebraska started 0-6 that year. And that was that was devastating. You never, I, was, never I was embedded with Troy <laughs> when they were up there. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, and it, Right. Nebraska didn't have a quarterback that day against Troy. Things snowballed on Nebraska. I mean, you can go back to the first game of the Scott Frost era or the first scheduled game at the Scott Frost era, which was canceled because of a thunderstorm against Akron. And that should have been Adrian Martinez debut. And the next week was Colorado. They play Colorado. Yeah, hurt. it was bad. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if things break a little bit differently at the start of the 2018 season, Nebraska's not 0-6. It probably doesn't lose to Troy. And that's a different kind of season. It goes to a bowl game that first year under Scott, under Scott Frost. Who knows where we are? We could be having a completely different conversation right now. But uh, the expectations were out of whack in 19 because Nebraska showed some things in the second half of that 18 year. It, w- it, it went toe to toe with Ohio State in Columbus that year and, uh, you know, w- lost by five points. And, and same thing against Iowa, went to overtime against Iowa. It won four of, of its last six games. So there was real optimism. And really, that's the last time there's been that kind of real optimism in the program with something substantial to point to. The end of that 2018 season, it looked real, what what he was building. And it looked like, wow, this is going to be UCF again, but on the Big Ten level. Not 13-0 UCF, not 13-0 Nebraska, but a team that made a huge jump in year one to year two. So I understand the expectations for that 2019 team. But looking back on it, yeah, it's kind of silly because of, of how far Nebraska was behind some of its competitors physically within the Big Ten West. And it has made strides. It has made strides in the two years since. Nebraska looks more like a team getting off the bus to win the division. Well, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens from now. And I am so glad that, that this leaked. I think uh, Bill Moose and Scott Frost uh, probably – Oh, Brett McMurphy, a nice fruit basket because uh, <laughs> that that getting out definitely kept them from making a giant mistake. And uh, I want to thank you, Mitch, because you're on vacation right now. You don't need to be doing this, but I really appreciate you, you talking about this because I just since this happened Friday, I cannot stop thinking about it. So I wanted to kind of hash it all out and 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 kind of figure out what what happens now. And and I think I think you're right. I think. Mistake has been averted. Crisis has been averted. Now they have a chance to try to build something. Yeah, it, it, it really is kind of the story that all's well that ends well. And it will be remembered, but it could have been so much worse. And <laughs> I'm thankful as somebody who covers this team that it ended the way that it did. Because what a letdown that would have been, not just for the players, but for everybody to to get to September 18th, 2021 and be sitting at Memorial Stadium watching Nebraska play a MAC team or Old Dominion, that would have been um, just such a buzzkill. So, um, you know, Friday came, Friday went, uh, it's in the past, and there are ramifications for sure. But the biggest ramification that potentially was there um, has been avoided. And for that, uh, I am uh, thankful. And uh, yeah, happy to uh, to hash this thing out with you. 
wouldn't have wanted to miss this opportunity. I'll uh, get back to my vacation and be back in Lincoln next week to uh, check in with the Huskers on uh, their pro day and as they get headed toward spring ball a week later. Mitch Sherman, he's the best. He's going back on vacation. He's probably at the pool now. Let's, let's be honest. Mitch, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Take care. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.